0: Welcome, I'm Moshe Ferber. And I am Ariel Munafon. And this is the Silverlining Lining Podcast, a podcast about security architecture.
1: Good morning, everyone. Uh, we are in Israel and... Winter is coming, <laughs> or we are in the middle of the winter. Uh, good
0: morning, Moshe. Uh, good morning. Christmas is coming, basically. Uh,
1: yeah. So uh, no, I, st- I started to think about my 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 voice. So <laughs> and good
0: morning, Ori. Hey, good morning. It's not only Christmas; it's also Hanukkah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the season's coming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's currently in English. They say uh, happy seasons. Hi. That's good. Uh, <laughs> yes. So, so uh, good morning, everyone. Um, we are here with Ori Troyana from Payu. Uh, good morning, Ori. Good morning. And we are here to talk about a little bit about application security, fintech, uh, startups that are joining uh, large companies. But I'm uh, moving ahead of time. Uh, first, let's introduce our guest. He is the. Um, he's coming from Payu, which is a large uh, fintech company, and he is currently. Um, Global head of product security at Payu, and I know Ori for uh, many years, uh, starting from his days at Microfocus. And it's a great pleasure to have you, Ori. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I will. So it's a pleasure to be here. And, and first of all, Ori Troina,
2: not Trojana. <laughs> Everyone mistaken <laughs> that way. And, and it goes back to HP software before Microfocus. Microfocus mm-hmm. was a like a spin merge of mm-hmm. uh, HP. Uh, i'll tell a little bit about myself first of all i'm an husband and i'm a, a father of three kids which uh, takes a lot of my time but still give me a lot of time to do other cool stuff and i'll elaborate today i love to run long distance which is also fun and give you a, a way to take things out and like uh, uh, think about some of your ideas how long do you run uh, my my longest run was 25k oh, nice. i run nice. half half marathon but these days due to lack of time mainly it's like 10ks mm-hmm. every like two two times a week something like that with, <laughs> with friends uh, not from the industry because i want to think about other stuff as well <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point good yeah point. <laughs> yeah it's like at home i never talk about security right <laughs> application security because my wife doing something else entirely so it is a good place uh, to talk about other stuff as well okay so about myself a little bit i'm coming with a development background uh, starting from my uh, army days i am i have like degrees in programming computer science mathematics and i think that gave me the best background uh, that bring me to these days as a head of uh, product security uh, later on, when I, uh, uh, I decided that I don't want to purely develop products, I want to help people and I want to secure things, back days in, in the unit, uh, I understood that security is something really important and people are not focusing enough on application security in general. No one knew in Israel back then what is application security. Everyone talked about infrastructure, IT, network security, ways to connect to the network, etc. So I understood there is some kind of a gap. Uh, OWASP just started back then, and I'll talk about OWASP in a few, uh, few words later on. Uh, so when I left the army, I, did, I joined a consultancy, global consultancy company called ComSec, and I traveled a lot. I loved it back then before I had kids. Uh, (laughs) And I did a lot of hands-on pen testing, white uh, reviews, code reviews, uh, certification. My first days with PCI, uh, etc. It was a lot of fun and very, very hard days because you do a lot and all the responsibilities on you as a consultant. And I led a team back then of uh, four consultants, so it was really fun. After that, I joined HP. In HP, I was an application security architect. It was the first time that I really took responsibility of of application security. As a consultant, you find things and you go, right? You leave it to (laughs) someone else to do. Most likely, someone will call you like three, four months later and ask you some questions and that's it. You need to, let's say, defense your findings and that's it. Now, as an application security architect in HP Software, it was a global company. I work with many, many different products in Israel and across the world, modernized and legacy. It was the first time that I took responsibility over a few years on findings, on, on threat modeling processes, on SSDLC in general. We created the process back then in HP. And we were part of the product organization, sorry, the development organization. Uh, and it was fun. I learned so much working with people uh, and finding the real stuff, prioritizing what is important versus not important. Uh, I understood what is moving fast as a consultant. You don't understand that because as I said, you do something and that's it. And when you are part of it, you really understand what is moving fast. Even though in HP software, part of the product moved really slow, (laughs) but some of them moved really, really, really fast. And it was the early days of SaaS, HP SaaS and AWS started back then. So everyone wanted to shift to AWS, even though no one really understood what it means, but we did it. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) Uh, Then Microfocus... There were like three cycles of HP software, the name was...
0: My memories from back then is that uh, I think you gave me the first call about container security. Yes. Yeah, back
2: then we were uh, Mm -hmm. in a small group that uh, Tomer uh, Mm Gershoni established in HP software and we started talking about cloud security, container, Mm -hmm. Kubernetes just started at the end of my days in HP software. Mm -hmm. And we were the first touching that, I think, globally. And it was so Mm -hmm. fun. You couldn't find anything in Google Right, everyone looked there. <laughs> yeah. And we like founded that. But, uh, you know, things evolved since then. Uh, a lot of fun. After that, I joined, uh, I moved from HP or Micro Focus uh, uh, to Citibank uh, to the innovation lab, the security innovation lab that uh, Itaeger established in Israel. And also, a lot of fun, I was the head of application security innovation globally many many challenges in a huge organization of more than like 300,000 people globally that you need to lead what will be the vision of application security in in, in different organization really different organization in different places lack of communication lack of different technologies etc uh, a lot of challenges that gave me a real edge of what technically application security means like the tools the processes in different organizations, different sizes, different, uh, methodologies of work, uh, different, even, uh, let's say uh, way of thinking of things, because you think as Israelis, you think about something, you want to do it and achieve it quick, but when it is a huge organization, quick means like three years, that's <laughs> quick in a huge organization. When we shifted to the cloud. We started saying the cloud like four years ago. And then three years ago, we started uh, deploying things on the cloud. And that was really quick because, you know, as a huge financial organization, you need to to think about so many things, compliance, security, everything needs to to move and be secure before you deploy to the cloud because of all the compliances and certification. So giants like Google, AWS, Azure, they come to you and ask, for your like suggestion, what you need to do, and I work with many many startups. It was really amazing uh, time. Uh, then I decided to move, and this is the point I'm going to talk today. I moved to a company, a startup called zoos Actually, I it was not a startup when I moved there, but it started as a startup. It was acquired by a company called Payu, and now it's Zeus, a, a Payu company, and uh, it was a fintech. It is still a fintech uh, um, company. Um, Zeus is a technical gateway for payment services. It's some kind of a very smart routing services for uh, for uh, uh, payment service providers. And PayU is actually the PSP, the payment service provider globally. Uh, PayU is something like a, 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 I will not. I don't know how to say. It's like. It's like uh, an envelope of companies, and there are many different small startups that are being acquired in different areas in the world, like EMEA uh, and uh, Central America, etc., and every day there there can be a new acquisition, so there are a lot of challenges around uh, culture and technology and processes around application security. There are challenges in general, but I'm going to talk about the application security Um, and us as Zeus coming into PayU uh, means a lot of things uh, to me because it's like, what should we do in a global company that has security in general? Can we change them to do the way we think security and application security or product security, which include uh, the above? Uh, uh, we want them to do
1: okay
0: Okay, perfect so this is what we're going to focus on but uh, just before that you're a member of OWASP Israel your co-founder of the board members right with Shira that was here a couple of episodes ago so first of all thank you for your uh, contribution to the community Uh, tell us a couple of words what you plan in OWASP in 2020 yeah so thank you very
2: much (laughs) for reminding me that So, yeah, I'm I'm co-leading OAS with for almost six months now. And we are thinking about about how we can evolve the community, make it live again versus a few years back or the last few years, make it live again like a few years back. And what we want to do is make more events, small events, like not only meetups, but workshops and talks over lunch, etc., and the plan is like to do next month if we did the meetup last month next month to do a, a workshop around node security or docker security or cloud security something ends on that people come to two three hours and actually do things not only listen uh, and later this year we are planning to have the the yearly uh, appsec event we'll share more details in the coming weeks we are working on that these days we are actually scheduling the meeting,
0: so okay, we'll okay. talk about that. So if you want a cloud security workshop, you know who to call to. I, I, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> okay, so we are here to talk about what happens when a large company like PayU, which is really unique. I mean, she's the, the company, as you describe it, sounds like a, a service catalog. I mean, they have uh, R&D centers uh, scattered around the world, right, from different acquisitions, and they try to merge it all. So basically our talk would be how a small startup is coming into a larger company? How do they decide uh, which, I don't know, uh, development pipelines to produce? How do they produce the same CI, CD? Uh, how do they incorporate security across different uh, applications, different services, different uh, languages, platforms, like uh, different platform of developments? these uh, challenges, which is uh, really interesting. Uh, so first of all, tell us a little bit more about the challenges that you encountered. I mean, I understand that you came into Zeus slash PayU right after the uh, the acquisition, right into the merger. So there are two different companies trying to merge in. What challenges did you encounter? Okay, so you summed it up, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I will elaborate a little mm-hmm. bit more. So as you mentioned,
2: uh, and I mentioned earlier, uh, PayU is like a sub, it's not a subset. It's like different groups of companies uh, in different areas, and every big company have the communication uh, a challenge, right? If it's a, if it is a huge company, there are communication issues, and in our case, it's not a huge company, but there are different companies, small companies that are being built into one, and you. It's okay. We have like, if if I'll I'll say a little bit more. So PayU is like. Reorganization. It's like credit organization, global payment organization, in India, uh, in different sizes. Credit is the smallest. GPO is bigger, and India is also big, but it is a different uh, in market at the moment. In India, it's like a different kind
0: of business. This is why it's you're like separated from the others. Uh, something like that.
2: There, in India, there are a lot of of, of uh, businesses under the hood of Payu India. It's mm-hmm. it's the same company, right? But It is moving a little bit different. Uh, And I'm working with them, but currently I'm focusing on credit and and global payment organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, So some of the challenges coming from uh, different culture in the company, in different companies, like different countries do different things. Uh, They are used to uh, different methodologies of work. They are built even differently in the way they develop or the way they interact or the way they even located in the office. And I think that PayU as a company are more, uh, they have a more culture to work from the office. It's not like United States working from their arm, so that's, that's okay, it's easier for us to control it. Um, and I can say that technology stack, for example, each country, it's, it's amazing, like each country I visit, or each site, and uh, we call it now tribes, not sites, but I'll talk about it in a second. Uh, each site has a different approach to technology. It's it's not it's it's amazing. If you are going to Central America, Central America stack of technologies is different from the
0: stack of technologies in United States or Israel. You're talking about the cloud provider, the development languages, the totally. web servers, yeah. all of them. Totally from the totally from
2: the monitoring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the open source mm-hmm. up to the cloud provider and the languages they develop etc mm-hmm. uh, i take it to the extreme right because everyone know about kubernetes and they will not use something else but actually they use docker swim swarm from, for example that mm-hmm. people i don't know you,
0: when, you <laughs> know in
2: the people don't use it i think <laughs> most of them uh, uh, I, I think
0: it's uh, it's end of life, yeah so uh, exactly and <laughs> uh, but we'll talk
2: about we can talk about it later Uh, And in different countries, you see the the same challenges around technology and you have a different challenge in each country when you talk with people, right? Everyone, you can talk with everyone and you can get to them. But actually, uh, the way they accept what you are saying or the approach you you show them is actually different because if you are coming to someone in, in Central America, it's fun you can talk with them they're actually listening to you but if you are coming to someone in in europe in central europe not necessarily will de- they will accept what what you want they they know better from you for example and you see that i don't it's not the first time i see it in in pay i i already used to it when i was a consultant and in city for example it's different, the way you talk with people and the way you need to brainstorm and, and suggest ideas or solutions. It's just totally different in different places. And last thing is, I think the, the, the organization stru- structure. Each company is built different. Mm-hmm. And you have small companies, for example, in, in Romania, the, in the technology part, the development or the engineering, we call it, is very small. In in Poland, for example, it's it's much much bigger. In Central America, it's really big. In Israel, it's 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 average. I think like 50, 60 developers, something like that. And the organization build different. Like smaller, sometimes it can be a squad of three people, but there is more engineering managers. Like someone can manage four four squads of three people. In other areas, it will be one engineering manager that manage more people. It's different, right? And and now we are as a startup that move really, really quick. In some sites, we move quick. Some sites move really slow. Depends on the technology stack. Some sites like us are purely born to the cloud and other sites purely born to bare metal on-prem data centers. And it means different approaches. Now we want to move everything quicker because we want to, to change and improve the way we do things, right? If we reduce the time to deploy, we can release more features, we can get more business. And if we move to the cloud, maybe we can remove some of the, the costs we have, the same costs we have today in the data centers, etc. So now a small company, a small startup, need the mandate to change the technology stack, the culture, uh, the processes in all these companies that anyway from start they are not really interacting each one has its own mandate and um, uh, so we can we will talk about that more yeah okay.
0: but, but which level do, do you receive this is there like a CTO r and d manager at the top like uh, who is the one that making these decisions so I think that's part
2: of the solution mm-hmm. uh, but what we see uh, uh, I'll talk about it in uh, I'll give you the context okay. mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell about the history a little bit so Payo is, uh, I think, uh, it's founded in Amsterdam or Holland, or something like that. <laughs> uh, but after a few years, the, fa- the technology founder, you can say, or the CTO, left. And uh, the company It was, I think, a year ago, or a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. really just before I joined uh, Zeus. And the decision, and Z- let's say Zeus just acquired, and the decision was to uh, appoint uh, Zeus CTO, as PayU GPO CTO, which is a big decision. Mm -hmm. Like we want to see the change coming from there, right? We want it as a global company, but we want the Mm decision-making to come from that CTO, which is located in Israel. And one more decision that came right after that, we want the global VP of engineering to come from Zeus, right? So the VP of engineering, Adito Paz, which Mm -hmm. is my manager, Is now the global uh, VP engineering, which means she managed all the different sites, engineering leads and a few more. We'll talk about that in the solution, but now that's really big steps for a company to say, Mm -hmm. we want a change. We understand we need to change that. These are the way we support the change and give you the mandate to do it. Mm
1: -hmm. So, so when you, is this a came in to pay you, how much other companies were in, uh, in this portfolio?
2: Um, I think that was there is a company in South Africa, in, in Poland, in Romania. Uh, in, in South Africa it's one, in Poland it's one I think, Romania it's one, in, in uh, Central America it is is eight, cool. eight uh, companies that were acquired along the years. And now there is a lot we are moving or we are, let's say, pushing as, a, as product security, not totally application security, but product security to sunset some of the legacy products and, and give the business the way to, mm-hmm. to focus on one modernized or two modernized solutions, reduce the cost, reduce the risk that we have today from certification, compliance, application security attack in uh, IT attacks, whatever, and and focus so that's part of the way we try to like uh, increase the secu the product security mm-hmm. uh, globally. So so
0: how many I said something like ten yeah. eleven. 11? Okay. just to understand the state of mind, like, like the company you bought in Romania, do they have an advantage in the local market? This is why you bought them, or they have some kind of technology that can influence worldwide? Okay, so good questions. A
2: uh, few years back, I'm I'm not sure about the number of years and. Naspers, Naspers, Naspers—it's like a venture capital. Decided they want to move into payments industry Mm -hmm. because it is a a fintech area. It is growing rapidly, and they decided they want to establish Payu. So Naspers—that's something maybe I neglected initially. Mm -hmm. So Payu is part of it's owned by Naspers. Naspers Mm -hmm. also a company from uh, Holland, Uh, and. As I mentioned earlier, the first company in, uh, in Pay was acquired in Brazil, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And then moving forward, the Naspers are going into market to market and deciding, deciding that this company will give them a hedge in the payment uh, industry in that region. Right. So, Romania, for example, yeah, they have, they have a platform that uh, control part of the uh, big part of the payments in Turkey, for example, or other locations. So it makes sense to buy it. Not necessarily the
0: technology stack is amazing. They don't care, but it control the market and give, Okay. good revenue so some of the companies are not leading it technologically but they're leading it from the business exactly okay. and going forward they continue to mm-hmm. Naspers slash pay you continue the acquisition
2: and they look in other regions they continue mm-hmm. to do it and mm-hmm. they they plan to you know have the edge in the payment industry and in, in the regions I mentioned because they are growing much rapidly than others like uh, EMEA uh, in Central America.
0: Okay. Uh, from your experience, uh, uh, do you need different technology tactics? Like, for instance, this technology is, uh, the Romanian company technology is very good for Turkey because they use this uh, this and these tools or uh, and this is why they're better in Turkey or you can bring the same technology from Israel to Turkey and it would work the same. And okay. do, is it like, is it a business advantage or technology advantage, the fact that they're working in Turkey and Romania? Yeah. Um, I think that uh, that
2: acquiring a company that controls the market is an advantage versus uh, inventing the wheel. We know, uh, in fact, that trying to establish a PSP in a comp- in a comp- in a country, sorry, takes time and effort. Payment uh, payment service provider. provider, yes, okay. sorry. For mm-hmm. the initial, mm-hmm. uh, it is the company that actually take your move, take the credit card and move the money from account to account. Uh, uh, the company PSP is the company that the merchant needs in order to connect to the schema networks. For example, the credit cards the credit network. Card yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is uh, one of the reasons PayU will, uh, I think. Uh, wired and selected as as they getting the man, the mandate to change things. It is really hard to uh, create a, a payment service provider a PSP. It's really really hard for a merchant merchant to integrate with a PSP because they need uh, a lot of development effort, integration effort, okay. etc. Even even a process effort because they need to define processes manually. For example. In Israel, you need to connect to Shiva as a merchant. You need to connect to some kind of a local PSP, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and make sure that that PSP will take the money, take the credit card they move the money. And the, the APIs, the actual APIs that you connect, the technical ones, it is different. From a comp- from a PSP company to to another one, so Zeus wrap everything. Mm-hmm. Initially, Zeus was agnostic to the PSP. It's still agnostic. It still uh, have many 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 acquirers behind the scene, many plugins that you can do everything seamlessly. Um, so the decision to take a, a, a PSP that control the market and have an integration, it's really good because you don't need the effort to uh, integrate uh, new. Uh, merchants or the merchant to a new PSP mm-hmm. and now one of the challenges for Zeus how Zeus become the global platform because most of the merchants are already integrated with the legacy uh, solutions or the platform that exists that that Naspers pay acquired mm-hmm. and this is one of the solutions we take like in the technology processes okay. how do you move the the customers to a new platform seamlessly, is there a way to do it? Not always there is a way.
1: It, it looks really difficult to, you know, to merge into a, a biggest company and not uh, that you did that. You also need to start cooperating or forcing your your uh, methodologics to others, so. Yes, uh,
2: yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. And I'm coming like three, four months after everything started, I'm coming to an event that everyone communicate. <laughs>
1: mm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. okay.
0: So now I understand that payment gateway is—it's not less about the technology; it's about integrating with the right. With yeah, every region has yes, its own providers, you it. and you have got different schemes and different ways to communicate. So it's very uh, geographically dependent. Okay. Uh, moving on, we'll move to the uh, how you solve the challenges, and as always, we try to put things on the perspective of people, process, and technologies. Mm-hmm. So appreciate. It. Let's start talking about the people. Like, what did you do uh, uh, when we talk about HR and how you move things around and how you move people around? What did you do in order to solve those all the challenges we spoke? Okay. So uh, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how are you trying to solve
1: them? Yeah, I
2: wanted to say that. That's a that's a joke. I uh, I will say, but yes, we we are doing it we are still doing it it's yeah
0: i think it's an ongoing process because you will o- also continue to buy companies and it them yeah, in. yeah yeah
2: so the
0: it is the people i think the
2: people challenge come in different angles first of all it is um you know all the companies are mature companies and you have the envelope of pay like for information security they don't know what is product security we had an anecdote when before we started like what is application security what is a, a product security No one really get into the details. Uh, So what we have today or what we had back then was information security. We had CISOs per site and they are not focusing on the product. Product is SDLC, the way you securely develop your product. Awareness. How do you create awareness in your developers? Do they know what is Security in general. What do they know? What is secure development? What is secure code? Secure component, etc. Do they know what is secure? Uh, uh, I don't know. Uh, Pipelines, secure technologies, etc. That's the easy part. Everyone talk about it, uh, and it was partially covered because you have uh, in PCI, for example, we are heavily PCI uh, users. You can say uh, it partially covered, but it is you know it's like high level, you don't get into the details when you are complied by certification or compliance to do something. Uh, Later on is, and that's the the change I did. Uh, I was mainly focusing my previous uh, jobs uh, on SDLC, on the way you secure before you go to production. Maybe some controls in production, mainly in the architecture and design, but now I'm actually responsible for product security. Product security means SDLC and production. The products, our product, deploy in production. So what are the controls in the infrastructures, on the network, the product itself? Do we need to develop something, some kind of a control? Or do we need to take a native cloud control or deploy something else that we want? And now I, I need to prioritize and make sure I do all of that. But let's go back to the, the people challenge. So we are covered in information security. So everyone thinks we are good at security. And now people start to move in their chair when you tell them that <sighs> you don't do application security at almost at all. I, I'm joking. They do it, but not in the level I'm coming to do it. Right? This is, the, this is why I'm coming to lead uh, the global uh, product security. And in, in the production itself, no one really considers what we need to do for product security. Right? Everyone take it to the extreme. And engineers don't love to take security to the extreme because it's slow things, it uh, drop things, a lot of false positive, a lot of noise, etc. How can we do it really accurate? And can we do it per platform or do we need to do it in a global manner? Uh, and people start to move in their chair and first thing they think about, okay, someone is going to take my job. <laughs> and it's not really because I cannot do it Globally alone, I need everyone to do it, and I don't know everything really. You need your champions. I need my champions. Mm -hmm. We call it differently. We call it, we are now established, we are a a year in the process of establishing tribes and clans. We took other companies' approaches because they did it and it works. And now, instead of site, we have a tribe. Okay, we call the site a tribe because, as we mentioned earlier, there is the technology and the people, etc., etc., and the merchants. But now we have clans, we have different clans. We have DevOps clan and we have deployment clan and we have SRE clan and we have product security clan or security clan. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of the clan is, okay, we have the tribes that go uh, in their uh, regular development processes and uh, the regular technology knowledge, etc. And the clans take people from the different tribes not as a champion because a champion i I see the definition like a champion is someone that do partially do what what you tell him as a security leader right you give Mm -hmm. them a scan result to go over you tell him to integrate with someone but when you have a clan when you take someone from a a tribe you have the challenge of and this is part of the people challenge or maybe the process challenge but how do i get the resource for the right amount of time how do i conserve the conserve the the knowledge right I develop someone so I take people with high percentage of time uh, from their time and I educate them what is application security what is product security production etc but focus we have real projects it's not coming because I want to educate them it's mm-hmm. like I have a project to do awareness session for engineers now I'm I was an engineer I worked many many years with engineer engineer will not fall into the fishing, regular fishing, right so I do how do I do really cool phishing uh, exercise do I do it in Slack using a public web book for example now that's a real project that I need to ex- in investigate research explore and implement code in order to establish a working uh, process so the people will educate they will do it now they are buying into the clan and they will start propagate the security clan what I achieve from that is the people in the tribes that are part of the clan educated they know more they actually do things and they spread the word and more people want to come so people understand that I'm not going to replace them I'm going to work with them and improve the way they do things uh, I think that uh, uh, I could not do it alone as I mentioned uh, the global VP of engineering and uh, decided the move with the cto and all the tribe leads are part of the effort so things are moving and, and it's still like a moving deck i can say because each quarter i need to define the project that people would like to join and do because i'm i still need to uh, make them enthusiastic about it and i need to fight with the product and the engineering fight i say yeah. about the resources time i know they are part of the clan they are marked as a security clan, but they have other regular tribe uh, exercises or tasks, et cetera. Uh, so it's still an ongoing uh, uh, ongoing challenge. Uh, more things around it. Many questions were uh, raised uh, for uh, uh, the decision, why do we need a security clan? We already have information security team. In some sites, as I mentioned, the local mm-hmm. sisters. So also the gap of understanding, the pe- people don't understand what is product security versus a uh, CISO or IT mm-hmm. uh, in that area. Yeah. And it's still ongoing, right? Working with okay. the ma- different managers. Part of the, the, I think the best part is I get to travel a little bit and I went to Bogota, for example, to the main side there. And I did like a workshop around code, secure code review and I did the cool awareness session, working with different people, mm-hmm. telling them, showing them what is
0: the difference and what we need to do versus what information security. Excellent. Interesting. I would take from that, uh, first of all, I would take uh, two things from that. First of all, the, the fact that the CISO focused on the corporate IT security, yeah, exactly. which is definitely yes. not a product lead. Second, another thing you said in short and is really interesting and people are not aware of that. People think that application security equals SDLC mm-hmm. and this is it. But application SDLC stops basically at the deployment and starting from the deployment and the ongoing production, it's totally you have to develop your own methodology of application security uh, because SDLC is about the development and there are many phases of application security following that.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. I uh, we can... I'm, I'm planning. It's not weekend. I'm planning to share a little bit in the process and technology. Uh, it's totally different from what I did till now, as I'm responsible also for production. It's, it means, and some of the companies work actually, real DevOps, real Agile versus
0: Legacy, etc. Well, we can talk now about yes. the ah, process. So yeah, yeah. 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 so it. I did uh, <laughs> I did uh, You the jump 10. well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did the connection between yeah. the topics.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so the processes, each company... Uh, in each uh, tribe work different now we have diff they have their own technologies their own system platforms etc but they also have their own backlog right they they have the task they need uh, new features for the product they need to upgrade the product because the merchants or the customers need new new features different product teams etc so I'll put aside the product now. It's the same global team, but I'll put it on the side and the, the team that decide about the the business features. But technology-wise, now we are talking about the really cool. Uh, sorry, the process. Uh, the process-wise, now we are talking about the really cool stuff because. How do we really do DevSecOps? What is the buzzword considered as DevSecOps? Part of it is technology oriented, but other parts are process oriented. Uh, as Moshe said, SDLC, everyone talk about SDLC. SDLC stop in, in a point. I think earlier than depo- deployment, because people have said, we have SDLC, that's cool. We don't need to do anything. I still remember the, um, the discussions in HP about do we really need to fix things before release or can we re- fix it later on after release? But it's on-prem solution. You, if we will not fix it before the release, it will not be there in the pro- in the, in after release, in the deployment in the customer uh, premise. Um, so, so this is a, a big challenge. Uh, we need to align the processes and the way we do it or start to do it is with the clan because I'm not going to change the way the different tribes work. Right? they develop they have their own methodology I need the tribe leads and the and the global VP of engineering to change it for me because i'm I'm bringing you only the application security angle right the product security but what I'm doing I'm using the people that are already part of the uh, of the existing process and asking them what I need to do and it's hard for me because I need to do different stuff in different types but I will align. I understand from my previous experience that I cannot change what the business uh, uh, defined. So I'm working with... The
0: the business sets the priorities. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. The
2: business sets the priorities, the VP engineering sets the way they work, but actually the tribe leads have the way they work and slowly they change. So as I mentioned, it takes a lot of time. So how can we do it per tribe and and using, as I said, the, the people? But now we have, instead of... Discrete backlogs. We have the discrete backlogs, but slowly, quarter after quarter, we're starting to have one global backlog, product backlog. We also have a security backlog. As as I understand, the the product platform drives better. The people help me. We get the right activities into the global backlog. Till now, I had the activities set in the discrete, uh, isolated backlogs. And it was specific per try. For example, in Central America, we need to fix input validation. Or we need a DDoS in a specific vendor, a on-prem, a whatever data center. But in, in uh, South Africa, we need actually something else. Or in Israel, we are deployed on AWS and we actually need some kind of, a I don't know, a, let's say we we use a, a web application firewall that is native for AWS. If it's good or not, we will not get into that now. But that were that was uh, I think different uh, angles in its, uh, in each processes. Now with the one global uh, backlog, it's it's a little bit easier. Even though I still have pushbacks, for example, I would like to do we have today in each site different uh, intrusion detection systems, uh, IDS. Uh, in short, and i don't love it why because it's part of production i need to control it uh, today it's controlled partially by information security as i mentioned and in other sites in by the engineering teams and they don't know anything about it i need to take control of over that but i don't want to control different technologies so how can now that i have the way to change the global backlog. People push back because they already have their ideas. They don't need the new ideas. Uh, but I'm taking a broader look about management in general, like budget and people, and how can I change it? Yeah. Uh, so it's it's working slowly, yeah. and that's uh, a.
1: And, and the process is something that you you feel that it I- improves, or you can uh, you know uh, automate things, or every company has its own.
2: Uh, okay. So uh, I think funny you ask it because uh, it's really related to what I'm doing these days. Uh, It's partly touches the technology aspects because you cannot, when you are an engineering organization and you are agile, everything is, most of things are based on technology because you want to move fast and you cannot do it manually. Uh, So yeah, we are trying to move to a global, uh, uh, let's say CI pipeline. We want in each in each organization today, or each tribe, we have its own CI or build uh, system, we have one for all. Mm -hmm. We want to have one for all. And it's moving, it's starting to move slowly, but in a few months from now, we will have one global CI system. And it means, and that's the technology aspects, if today each one, each site, has its own standard for SDLC, uh, let's say the testing phase, of how do I do pen test? How do I automate pen testing or testing? How do I scan my code? How do I scan my dependencies, etc.? We are going to have one standard. And people are, let's say, somewhat forced yeah. to move to the global pipeline because that's the business decision to cut costs and improve the quality and reduce the timelines to release. And it means that if in a previous companies like City, for example, I had to talk with different companies here I don't have to do it I really need to do uh, to define one process and I really have to understand the people once uh, per tribe and define one technology and the organization will move with me because I'm part of it I am located in the engineering so I'm not doing something that against it yeah and um, yeah but it's moving it's moving and I was really surprised there is a dance of like I'm going one step forward and then three steps backward and then one and a half step. <laughs> but as I am under the VP, the global VP of engineering and all the, the seniorities, like peop- the senior people cross, globally across companies are under as well, under a D as well. And I am working closely with the clans. The other clans, it's not like a discrete security or application security that is a silo. It's actually a team that is part of the engineering I'm doing something. First of all, I will ask the, uh, the site reliability engineering, the SRI, if it's something that is relevant to them or how we would do it from the technology or reliability point of view and then we are doing things together or the ops team, how they do it, uh, ops clan, mm-hmm. and if I can get into their processes and now I'm not doing anything alone, I'm doing it with everyone else and uh, it is a different or a big change from other companies because I had to do everything alone, right? Discrete from other processes. Now, if I'm doing something once, everyone are doing, like, everyone are doing it for me later on.
0: Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, do you maintain uh, one backlog for, chain, for a, a roadmap and one for security? Or do you have uh, the security integrated into the big ba- uh, backlog? Uh, I think it depends who you ask. Okay, so we have,
2: in security-wise, we have different backlogs. We have the information security backlogs, we have the local clan backlog, we have the global clan backlog, but a very smart thing Adi did was to get everything. Okay, there is discrete backlogs, fine. If they are discrete, they are not going into the global backlog. No one will do them. Mm -hmm. If you want to try push it yourself, fine. It's not uh, the way you should do things, but okay, Uh, we will try to stop you. (laughs) Uh, and I really believe in her way, decide what is really important. You can save it yourself, right, in mm-hmm. your place because you know what you do with it and improve it and change it, but define what is the most important thing for the quarter. Let's use, I don't know, four to 10 activities, small and big ones, mm-hmm. even less than that, and now let's get it into the global pay- backlog for that quarter. And now information security that I need to, to approve because it's part of the global backlog, the local clan that I support and the global clan uh, activities that I created are in the product. And it is prioritized like equal with other activities, Uh, but you need to keep in mind that even though it is in the one backlog, at the end, uh, I'm sure you're all aware that there are constraints in real life. Even the backlog changed dramatically during the release mm. process, like, uh, and like the sprints. Things can change. So it is there. You think you got the resources. You need to start next week. Something changed. <laughs> life is what happens to you <laughs> when you make other plans. Yeah, and, and <laughs> exactly. Last week, for example, I had an activity for next quarter that I had to get like, certain amount of resources and all of a sudden we got the resources earlier with more resources than this uh, uh, grid, but for a shorter, ter- shorter amount of time. And you need to respond <laughs> to that because yeah. your product or you will not get the resources never. Mm-hmm. So we did like an amazing uh, pilot for different uh, CICD scanning tools or tools in the CICD process which no one did before in, the, in PayU in general, they just mm-hmm. took open source or whatever paid tool. And now we understand what we need to put
0: globally as a standard. Okay. Yes. Okay, so uh, this will take us to the technology stack. I mean, what chain, wh- What changes did you make to your technologies in order to support this process of uh, joining the large companies? Uh, okay, so I gave uh, I a
2: few hints yeah. earlier. <laughs> uh, uh, I will give uh, co- the context, as I mentioned earlier, Technology-wise, engineering technology-wise, there is a huge change, right? From collaboration tools, uh, communication tools, like initially we had different Slack uh, per tribe or back then per sites. Now we have one Slack, for example, for all the global organization, engineering organization, and we try to put everyone on that Slack as well, product and support and everyone. And everything, everyone are encouraged to use the public channels. And... And mainly in English because all of the different tribes know English. You have different uh, tribes that try that have uh, uh, other languages, but we are trying to stick with English because then I can jump into a middle of a discussion and support and have my way of thinking or they can help me in a way, uh, which is cool. And actually we measure, right? We measure that people are talking... Uh, publicly versus privately yeah. because people feel more confident talking privately with, in, in, with specific people than asking all of the company in a, in a public channel. But we, move, we measure that and we see the change. We have one Confluence, for example, and we use, the plan is to use one GitLab, for example, globally. Now we have uh, varieties. We have uh, Jenkins and we have Bamboo and we have whatever you want, whatever you name, we have it. That's the CI uh, technology. And slowly, we cannot enforce that because of the legacy, but uh, slowly we are trying to shift to the cloud. It takes time uh, and effort because everyone are focused, but that's part of the global platform to move to AWS, for example, and use uh, all of the awesome features they give us in the last few years versus years before that they didn't invest in security. Now they have security, mm-hmm. so I can, instead of... By my own, uh, I don't know, technology for researching logs, I can use one of the cool approaches AWS gives me. Uh, and we use the IAM, for example, whatever needed. But now we need to do it globally. And we need to connect it with other local technologies. Even, for example, it can be a, a Okta and, and OneLogin because each site has its own uh, IDM. And now, can we connect it, or do we need to shift to another one? And even a domain, do we need to change the domain to a global domain or a local domain, etc.? Uh, but that's the engineering perspective, S- product security perspective. And I gave some hints: is uh, or are uh, related to uh, the existing technologies. Everyone, whatever happened today, was without anyone controlling it. Like someone decided they want to scan something, so they took. Open source, or someone gave a small budget and did it. It's not a standout, right? We use a, we use plugins in uh, Poland, different plugins than we use for scanning secrets in repositories. Then we use in uh, in Zeus, for example. But it's it's easy to understand that because we use different technologies like source repositories, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so. As I mentioned, we did an awesome pilot of uh, different uh, static, dust, IAS, uh, SCA secrets in the repositories pilot uh, mm-hmm. uh, a week ago. And we are still doing it in other uh, tribes. And we decided on the right tools. Part of them are licensed tools, part of them are open source because we totally believe in open source. I'm a big believer, but sometimes license gives you a little bit easier to manage things and you don't need to invest a lot of deployment, etc. More around that is the IDS I mentioned and I have many more uh, technologies or projects like that that I need my uh, client to help me or support me to change and create a standard. Uh, It can be around logs, but that's a different challenge because you need the platform to change with the way they log things and then I can aggregate and I even have uh, I join effort with sre because they already aggregate log but mm-hmm. I need to the output I need the output to uh, to be analyzed a little bit differently and some of the technology uh, are around sunsetting legacy platforms how can we improve with the new modernize reduce the risk there because there is a lot of effort but take out all the legacy platform we have uh, it's not real legacy it's like 10 years 12 years uh, 15 years uh, i'm familiar with m- much older platform in different companies i work but still it was a different era with less security and no one thought about controls in the in the production like uh, uh, even configuring a firewall in sure. the way you should right Uh, and the technology, the language stack, or the language itself is insecure, for example, or with a lot of weaknesses or vulnerabilities. For for example, it can be a very old Java version. Uh, And that's it, I think, for technology. We are trying to understand what will be the value to change. What is the effort, really? Each platform has its own effort. It can get to months. For example, we do, in Central America, we are trying to sunset, and all the legacy it can take up to a year to sunset like eight application or eight platforms what do you do with the customer i i reminded it i i mentioned it sorry i mentioned it earlier customers some of them are can seamlessly move to the global platform because they use the right approach let's Mm -hmm. say dns they and they use the fully qualified for example but other merchants outcoded ips in their mobile native code now Go and, yeah, go and upgrade that <laughs> mobile application. So you, if you change or sunset, you break the system, right? Mm-hmm. And people lose money and a lot of money. How can you do it? Mm-hmm. And we get the approach and people need to approach the merchants and it takes more time, etc. That's part of the process, part of the change with people, but also the, 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 the change in technology, step. exactly. Yeah. Uh, right.
0: I think that's, that's uh, in a nutshell. Okay, so I'll try to summarize this and this is also a good time for you to think about what uh, anything else you want to add uh, which we uh, mixed. So basically our challenge was that we have a large company, large uh, fintech company, but it, it doesn't even have a backbone of its own. It's basically built from different units that you buy along the years, a different location, all of them different technology stack, different people, different uh, processes and you need to integrate them into one working company with uh, at least some kind of standard for uh, application and product security and this is basically a challenge and the way you uh, handled it is uh, first of all from the people point of view making sure that nobody is going to lose his job we are going to add more responsibility you changed the terminology you moved into tribes and clans where you make everybody feel like they're part of something and you gave them their uh, the, basically you don't like cha- you don't like the word champion so you basically selected your leads inside each team and then you educate them and you try to make them uh, be the security uh, pros that uh, inside uh, the different clans. Um, from the process angle, you moved into one joint backlog to make sure that uh, you have visibility into all the engineering changes for the company. Uh, this means uh, one security backlog, one changes backlog. Uh, you try to integrate into uh, all the processes into uh, one place under the engineering. And from the technology point of view, you try to move everybody to... Uh, uh, at least to an infrastructure that looks the same. I'm not talking about the, the, where the stack itself, but you give them uh, logging services and DDoS protection, and you try to make everything from a cert- central location as much as you can. One uh, methodology for uh, CI, CD processes, one methodology for security testing, uh, pretty much it, right, correct? Yes, uh, mm-hmm. I, will, I will add one more uh, line. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a person who loves
2: challenges, uh, I can say that life never uh, stops to throw challenges mm-hmm. at your lap, <laughs> if you love it, if yeah. you look for it. And if I, I thought I saw everything uh, around application security, around product security, I see many, many more challenges coming ahead and, and technology never stops surprising me. I learn new things every day and, and I think that's, that's it.
1: Yeah, I, I think that given you, your intro that you were first a developer and then moved to, to the cyber security and, and the, the stations that you made in your career, really, I think that prepare you for uh, this kind of job that is really uh, global. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah I, I agree. I no. agree with that. Okay. okay, so thank you for your time, Ari. It was very interesting.
1: And thank you for uh, coming and uh, to, all, to all our listeners, goodbye.